Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pater, a Penn State football show. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin, I'm Tom Hannafin. This show is brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Pater. This month, be sure to check out their Sour Power Watermelon Ale, the R&D Experimental IPA, and their very popular Funkadelphia IPA and a new Burgundy and Baby Blue can for baseball season. Wink, wink, Phillies fans. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabeth in York and Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Also, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code Believe, that's B L E A V, to receive your rewards. Pater is presented by betonline.ag where the game starts. Also, we invite you to head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.believ.com and search Pater for our two t-shirts. One is the official show logo over the heart. It comes in white, navy blue, and black. And the other is a navy blue t-shirt. It has the Pater wordmark over the heart and on the back circa the 2012 Penn State football season. It has Matt McGloin's name and number. Again, head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.believ.com and search Paydirt for our two t-shirts. Joining us now here on Paydirt, he is a two-time first-team All-Big Ten offensive lineman. He's also a two-time Super Bowl champion, and he and Matt McGloin, for the most part, kind of copied each other all the way through the Kansas City Chiefs just about uh, in their careers. He is Stefan Wisniewski. Stefan, thank you so much uh, for joining us here on the show. We're in the midst of the offseason. We're all getting excited for the blue-white game coming up next month, gearing up for what hopefully will be a big 2023 season. Uh, I'm sure a lot of fans are curious, what's going on with you? What's going on in your life? And what are you doing now with your time now that you've retired from professional football? Yeah, I'm uh, about two years out from my last game. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that last game. It was a Super Bowl loss with the Chiefs to the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. So, you know, that didn't happen. I don't think about it. I don't talk about it. It never happened. Um, But, yeah, it's been two years, and uh, it's been great. You know, I I took a little time off, um, lost some weight, enjoyed time with my family. But about a year ago, I started uh, grad school. So I'm in seminary online uh, pursuing a Master's of Divinity, which is a degree that, you know, most pastors get. So uh, I believe I'm called to Christian ministry. I've always been passionate about my faith in Christ. And now that I'm kind of done with football, starting a new chapter in my life, that's that's what I want to do. So uh, studying that, enjoying that, a lot of work, a lot of reading, but learn a lot of great stuff. 
And uh, it's definitely going to help equip me and prepare me to, to do ministry work in the future. And um, other than that, I'm living in State College. Love it here. Uh, born and raised in Pittsburgh, but I've always loved State College ever since my time at Penn State. And I actually trained up here my whole NFL career in the off seasons. Love training up here, living up here, and me and my wife and uh, my newborn son now uh, love it here as well. That's fantastic. And something that uh, I didn't know until earlier today when we recorded, McGloin filled me in on this. Maybe a lot of fans don't know is that you're actually the team chaplain for Penn State football. What is that experience like? Yeah, I, I love it, man. Um, team chaplains, more or less just kind of a, a pastor who, you know, hangs around the team a little bit. I uh, preach sermons, you know, at chapel services before games. They actually let me preach a little sermon on the field. That's optional for any guy who wants to come get a little uh, get a little sermon after practice. And then myself and uh, there's another chaplain I work with. We lead some Bible studies, small groups uh, with football guys who are interested in growing, developing in their faith. And I love it, man. Um, it I was kind of missing, you know, being away from football a little bit, you know, since I retired and they actually, the coaches actually approached me and asked if I wanted to, you know, come be the chaplain. And for me, it's awesome. It combines my two favorite things, Jesus and football. So uh, I get to be around the team, hang out at practice, around the weight room, around the guys, which, which I love. And I get to try to teach them, encourage them, help them grow in their faith. So it's, it's an awesome, awesome experience. I'm really enjoying it. That's beautiful, man. Uh, McGloin, what's your for, uh, your first memory of Wiz? Well, I couldn't get away from this guy, right? We played at Penn State together, Oakland, it's, Philly. It's yeah. fascinating, like uh, almost step by step. Yeah, well, I think, and, and Wiz will uh, you know, uh, probably agree with me here. Like, if you're playing for Philly, like there was probably a good chance you're going to play for the Eagles as well. Or if you play for the Eagles or excuse me, you play for the chiefs as well. But if you play for the chiefs first, you might've gotten to the Eagles next just because the systems were so similar. Like I remember, you know, obviously I got in cut in Philly in 17, um, you know, and then the next year, you know, signed with the chiefs and a lot of the concepts were same. A lot of the protections were the same. The run game was the same. Now there were different things here and there. And, and as Wiz knows, Andy, you know, and Eric Bieniemy, they were always throwing something new in. Like they're they're one of, you know, the better coaching uh, coaches that I've been around that were always coming up with new ideas, always finding ways to maximize the talent that they had and and kind of utilize what they had to get the best out of their players. Again, they're some of the best I've ever been around with that. Um, but uh, but no, I, I, again, like as Wiz was, you know sitting here you know talking to open up this show like i'm thinking to myself i'm like wiz played the same way you know he is now he 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 is as a person as well like he never got too high never got too low was always extremely calm just just was loose um you know and i mean and that's you know that's and everybody plays the game differently but was always knew you know what he had to do always knew his assignment. One of the smarter players that I've ever had the opportunity to be around with. And for me, I always felt comfortable in the huddle with him. Like it's, and again, again, I'm sure Wiz will tell you this, like it's a quarterback's job to come into the huddle, be confident, know what's going on, be able to direct everybody to what they're doing. But when you got a guy like Wiz in the huddle and, and those players that you don't really have to worry about, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's a good comforting feeling, um, as a quarterback, but, uh, but yeah, very lucky to you know have been a teammate of Wiz's. You know when when he was playing guard or whether he was playing center, always felt comfortable being around the guy. And oh, you know he helped me in my career career tremendously, especially at an early age at Penn State. 
All right, Stefan, what's your first memory of Matt McGloin? <laughs> you guys, you guys overlap pretty well at Penn State. Yeah, first of all, appreciate you know all the, the kind words, McGloin. Um, man, McGloin's a great teammate. Um, I mean, at Penn State, what I remember is, I mean, he competed with like three or four scholarship four-star quarterbacks, and he just beat them all out, like one by one, just kept working his way up. And that's hard to do, man. I mean, just first of all, like they, they give the scholarship guys every advantage to try to, you know, be the guy. Um, and man, just like one by one, McGoin just kept outplaying them, outworking them, outthinking them. And uh, I just, I mean, I had tremendous respect for, you know, his work ethic and, and, and the way he went about his business to do that. Um, but man, what, what I always think of when I think of McGloin is just so confident, man. Um, just like, just, he, he handled himself as a quarterback, like a Brett Favre style gunslinger. He's like, you know what, man, I'm going to go sling it. I'm going to throw it. I'm going to make plays and I'm going to have fun doing it. And, uh, it's fun to, as a lineman to play with a quarterback like that, man. Uh, really enjoyed that about him when I was at Penn state. And uh, he certainly brought that, you know, to the NFL as well. And uh, it was fun to, to get to work with him there with the Raiders as well. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I got some good memories of, of McGloin leading some, some big wins my senior year. 2010, uh, the Northwestern game sticks out. You were, mm-hmm. you were balling that day, man, um, shredding that defense. And uh, I think that was Joe's 400th win too. So just yeah. special special day overall. Um, but yeah, man, we had some, we had some good times together for sure. Oakland, you know, we lost most of the time, but, uh, you know, still some, some laughs and a few things worth remembering, I suppose. Um, I'm just waiting for one of you guys, like, you guys are just being super nice to each other. I'm waiting for somebody to be like, well, when I first met Wiz or well, when I first met McGloin X, Y, and Z, nothing. You, you guys you are know- just. The I two don't, best friends anybody ever had. No, it was just one of those things where I just felt like, you know what I mean? Like we, we had a chance to play with, you know, Jack Crawford um, in yeah. Oakland as well. Um, you know, and I'm just, I'm just thinking you, you, you do have the, the, the chance to, you know, or to continue your career in the NFL with, with, you know, some guys you play with, play with at Penn State, some Penn Staters, man. And it's just, you, you know, the connection, you understand the connection. Um, you know what I mean? So you just, you're able to go about your business you know, every single day, um, you know, and again, I said it earlier, it's, it's a comfort thing too, right? You, you know what I mean? Like having, having those guys around you, um, you know, and especially when you're going into a new place as well, um, you know, so again, it was a lot of fun, you know, um, you know, playing, playing with Wiz at Penn State and then, and then in Oakland and then briefly in Philly before they cut me. Um, but uh, again, it was a good journey. It was a good run. Um, you know, a lot, lot of great memories. Absolutely. Stefan, now you have this opportunity, as we talked about moments ago, you're the team chaplain. So you're getting to be around the players and the coaching staff on a regular basis. It's been a roller coaster over the last three seasons for Penn State football, 2020, 2021, slim, I'll call it that. 2022, a resurgence, a Rose Bowl win, and now there's a lot of expectations on this team for 2023. Uh, What are your interactions like with the coaching staff and the players as they get ready for this next season? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I have a lot of optimism, you know, about this upcoming season. Uh, I was really impressed with, you know, the way the team and coaches all all handled their business last year. Um, you know, I feel like people's expectations from the outside were kind of mixed headed into last year. But I, I from being around the team, I, I felt good about not only the talent they had kind of all around, but the work ethic and just the kind of the intangibles that go into winning. And I, I thought, they kind of played how I, I expected them to. Um, 
last year and then going into to this next year, uh, I, I really feel that they got talent all around. Um, I think the work ethic's there. I think the offensive line last year was a strength and, you know, was one of the better offensive lines they've had in a long time. Um, you saw it in the run game. You saw it in the in the pass protection, and that that really led to the offense playing well. Um, and that I think a lot of those guys are back next year, so I'm, I'm expecting a lot of those same things from the offensive line next year. And then obviously, you know, we're all excited about you know Drew Allar, Aller, however you say it. But um, Aller, I, yeah, Aller, sure, yeah. Um, I call him Drew, so it doesn't matter if I can't say. It. Um, <laughs> but man, you just when you watch the kid throw, he he's, he's got that arm talent, that zip on it that, you know, not too many guys have. And that's something obviously, you know, at Penn state we've, we've been waiting for that elite quarterback. And I think we all believe and hope that, you know, he's that guy, um, you know, that can kind of take us to the next level and, and bring us back to, to big 10 championships and maybe even more. Wiz, I'll start there then, I guess, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned Drew and a new quarterback, taking over at Penn State here in 2023 with expectations that are just are through the roof, almost unfair in a way. You mentioned the strength of the offensive line and, you know, could, could be very well be one of the you know stronger parts of this Penn State football team this year for the experienced linemen now, right? Guys that have played, guys that have started games, guys that have won games, guys that know what success feels like. What does their role now become knowing that they have a younger quarterback taking over? Yeah, I think when you have a younger quarterback, first of all, I mean, when you're the quarterback, you're the leader of the offense, right? So it doesn't really matter how young you are. You kind of got to step up and lead. But I think having some experience around him on the offensive line will definitely help. I mean, you kind of mentioned earlier, you know, when you were working with me, if you have experienced linemen that are helping, both communicate, but just in general, their presence and all um, can kind of make you feel comfortable. I, I think that's that's kind of the role of offensive linemen is to make their quarterback feel comfortable. And, you know, that involves, first of all, pass protection. Don't let people hit them. That, that's important. But um, just in general, if you can help with protection, you can help with having conversations so that, you know, everyone's on the same page with, you know, knowing who's, who's getting blocked, who's not getting blocked. Um, those kind of things can can really help a quarterback kind of settle in quickly. What have you seen out of Phil Troutwine over the past couple of years? Because look, obviously, you know, for a while there, you know, everybody was focused on that offensive line and the development offensive line. And I think you saw a ton of growth last year. And again, obviously, you know, now where they're at with the offensive line this year, um, you know, it's 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 a really strong position to be in. But how, what have you seen out of Phil Troutwine and how he's been able to handle that whole situation over the years? Yeah, I think he's done a great job. Um, I mean, the guy's really smart. I, I think his schemes are good uh, in the run game, the way he, you know, game plans and, you know, prepares the guys. I think he does a great job with that. But I really think he's good with with technique development. And I think you've seen that um, now that he's been there a couple of years. You've seen his guys kind of grow and progress um in their technique and at the end of the day offensive line like there's a lot of big strong generally athletic dudes that are around 300 pounds like on everybody's team but what matters on whether you make a block or not is like did, did you put your hand in the right spot did you put your feet in the right spot is your balance right is your body position right and we're talking about like tiny little details that no one would really notice unless you you know really studied offensive line and 
I think he understands those things and I think he teaches those things well. And uh, I think you see that, you know, kind of in the continually improving performance of his O-line guys. You know, Wiz, like, I, you know, Tom and I had talked about this before on this show, right? I mean, I think when Tom, when there were some uncertainties at that offensive line position, they talked about six guys playing, seven guys playing, possibly. You know, for me, Wiz, like, I, I talked about walking in the huddle. Like, I, I, when I walk in the huddle, like, I like to see the same guys. You know what I mean? That I walk, you're trying to build something throughout the course of the game. You're trying to, you know, sustain drives, put drives together. And, you know, it, you don't want to walk in and say, oh, wait, you know, so-and-so's in at left tackle now. Wait, who's in at guard right now? Okay. You know, so, I mean, is how do you kind of handle that at the offensive line position, you know, with your five guys, but then also knowing that, you know, maybe we've got a good guy at number six or we've got a good guy seventh here in our depth chart that deserves playing time. You, you know what I'm saying? Like if you've got guards rotating in or maybe tackles rotating in to be able to build depth, I mean, you know, from your experience, what's the best way to be able to handle rotations like that? Yeah, I mean, there's there's pros and cons to rotating versus not rotating, right? Um, so I, I think in the NFL, you obviously don't see much rotation. In college, you see it pretty commonly. I think the benefit, first of all, like a lot of times, I think they're, they're rotating two guards or two tackles because it's like, hey, both these guys are pretty close talent-wise and the only way to really know which one's going to be better is to let them both play in real games and see who grows, see who develops, see who performs better. So I think that's, that's one of the pros is just, you know, um, you see who develops and, and who ends up being the better player. And, you know, these guys are 19 years old. Like sometimes you, you don't know until uh, they get some real game experience and, and grow, which one's going to progress and be better. Um, but the other benefit, obviously you said is, you know, you get some depth, Um you know, if if your guy who's your backup guard center never gets in a game, right, he's just hanging out on the bench kind of waiting until there's an injury. Maybe it's week five, week six, whatever it is, there's an injury. You kind of don't want that to be the guy's first time ever getting in a game on the road at Michigan, like crowd screaming. Um, you, you love it if that guy had some, you know, some real game experience first. So there's the pros to that. Um, you know, like you mentioned, the, the con is kind of the continuity thing, um, not being there as much, but I, I do, I do get it. And I, I think the pros probably outweigh the cons and, uh, it's just a matter of those guys kind of being willing to, you know, adjust quickly to having a different guy next to them. And to be honest, even if you don't rotate, there's going to be injuries. There's going to be guys coming in and out anyway. So it's, it's almost kind of practice for, for when injuries do happen and, and shifts do happen. Stefan, you were very fortunate in that you grew up in a football family. You had a, a you even had the opportunity to be on the same staff at the Raiders with your uncle. It's a, it, was, it was so fortunate. Uh, but when you talk about that learning curve, learning the offensive line position, we've had Keith Goon Conlon on the show, and he talks about the leap just from being the biggest kid in high school to all of a sudden you're just one of many uh, at a big program like Penn State. What was your learning curve like compared to maybe some of the other guys that you shared the huddle with? Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White tee is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee. 
for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball. Every fan is covered. Head over to their website, smackapparel.com, and use the promo code PAYDIRT at checkout for 10% off. Again, that's smackapparel.com, promo code PAYDIRT at checkout. Why wear boring when you can wear smack? Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard butters, plus hair gels and pomades. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com and use our promo code paydirt 15 paydirt 15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting a better you. Uh, coming into college, you mean? Yeah, and then even to the NFL. Yeah, sure, yeah. Um, I, I would say my learning curve was kind of accelerated slash a little easier um, as a result of, like you said, having a football family. Um, I truly felt blessed that, I mean, I, I really grew up coached by NFL players. Um, obviously, my dad taught me the game. Um, my uncle taught me a lot. My dad had a bunch of NFL buddies in the Pittsburgh area who were offensive linemen who taught me how to block. And I mean, I was literally doing NFL line drills when I was like eight, nine, 10 years old. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just so blessed, right? Yeah. And most guys don't get exposed to NFL line drills till they're 22 in the NFL, right? So um, just completely blessed on that end. So I, I really felt like when I stepped into college, I had a, a, I mean, an already a college level understanding of offensive line play, how to block and, and the technique required, the kind of drills required uh, to do that. So I, I do think I had a huge advantage from that standpoint. And because of that, I, I think that's why I was able to just show up and play as a true freshman where most O-linemen uh, aren't kind of ready for that. And then same going to the NFL, you know, uh, like I said, when I go from college to the NFL, most guys are like, oh, crap, like this is different. Right. But um, for me, it was like, yeah, I, I felt like I was kind of taught how to be a pro before I, you know, even got to the pros uh, by my dad, by my uncle, you know, et cetera. So uh, the learning curve was shorter, still still an adjustment, of course, but um felt like when I stepped in and, and played as a rookie in my first game I I'd like to think I didn't look like a rookie in there that was kind of my goal um I did jump off sides in my first game and it looked pretty dumb but like for the most part like I no one I, remembers I, that yeah, I fit in uh more or less pretty well um well, the, the fun thing about your NFL career, I, I joke in that, you know, it was like you and McGloin virtually in lockstep there for a handful of teams there at the beginning. And you were a second round pick with the Raiders, which, you know, just you, you, you fell into really good situations on a regular basis. Uh, and I mentioned it when we introduced you is that you're a two time Super Bowl champion. And we're not going to mention that other game. But no one even remembers that stuff. But uh, as a Philadelphian and a proud Philadelphia Eagles fan, I remember you being a part of that offensive line and jumping in and giving the city of Philadelphia its first Super Super Bowl championship. So um, I do have to ask, what was it like going back to Philadelphia? Because the city virtually destroyed itself in 2017 after the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Yeah, that was uh, that was an unbelievable experience, man. Um, I had an absolute blast being a part of that Eagles team. Um, it was fun 
uh, just a great group of guys. Um, just the work ethic, the like player leadership. Um, I mean, the talent obviously was there as well, but just the kind of group desire to, to work our butts off, grow, learn, constantly improve. Um, it was, it was just a fun group to be a part of the process. And obviously we're rolling kind of winning a lot during the season. So, you know, winning's fun, obviously, but, um, it was cool kind of the, the progression of the season, right? We go from kind of not expected to do much to all of a sudden we're winning. Now we're kind of Super Bowl favorites. And then Wentz gets hurt and it's like, oh, well, they're done. Their season's over. But that whole locker room still believed we could do it. And it didn't matter how many people outside thought we couldn't. We still believed we could. And um, that was cool to be a part of. Um, the underdog mentality, the us against the world, the, you know, no one believes in us, but that doesn't matter. Kind of thing is is fun, and the city embraced it too. Um, you know, it's a, a city that kind of thinks like that, blue collar, underdog, the whole Rocky kind of kind of mentality of a city. And to kind of be a representation of your city and, and go win for your city was was awesome. And then uh, the celebration, the aftermath, you know, of winning was was unbelievable. Man, that city lost their minds. I don't know if you were at the parade, but that was one of the funnest days of my life. Um, <laughs> Super Bowl parade, man. I never seen people happier in my entire life. Um, it was dangerous too. I mean, beers getting thrown at us and whatnot. Yeah. Sometimes you dodged it, sometimes you caught it. But uh, man, it was it was it was so much fun. The adrenaline rush, the energy, the love. You know, you could feel from the from the people. It was it was unbelievable. Yeah, I don't think I saw the parade whiz, considering they cut me six months earlier. Um, so that, that's really bad timing. Sorry, man. Yeah, I unfortunately, so I was living in Orlando at the time. I wasn't able to to make the trip. But when I saw on the, the news the next day of uh, people doing horrific things with like police horse droppings, I'll put it that way. I was like, oh, no, it's cool. I'm, I'm OK that I didn't go. There was some really <laughs> messed up stuff that was going on. So I was like, it looked great. But you got to be witness to, you know, the Kelsey's are all over the news lately because of the Super Bowl that just went down. Obviously, Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs winning, beating the, the Eagles. So you won no matter what in that situation. But Jason Kelsey has become a legend in Philadelphia. And you had a front row seat for his Mummer's Day parade outfit, the entire speech. I mean, what was what was it like taking that all in? It was amazing. Um, I remember like seeing him like when we parked and we're just walking in to the stadium before we left. And I'm like, what the heck is this guy wearing? But it was just like, a, it was just like, a, this is going to be a great day kind of moment. Yeah. Like, I don't know what he's wearing, but like, if, if that's what he's wearing, that's the vibe he's bringing. It's, it's going to be a good day. And then the speech, obviously, like, uh, I mean, unbelievable. I was proud, you know, that I got a shout out in it. You know, a lot of the guys got a shout out, but um, the city like reacting to it was, was amazing. And then him kind of singing at the end, like it was, it was just wild, um, just wild. And like to get like the full perspective on it, my wife was sitting next to his wife uh, as oh. he's giving it. And like just the difference of like the whole city's like loving it. Right. And his wife just like cringing every time he uses the F word because knowing how many children are in the fan listening to it and just like, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's just it was it was awesome though. Overall, just just amazing. You know, it was obviously you're part of that team. You know, in in seventeen, then you know in eighteen there, and then you go on with the Chiefs and you guys win it. You know, in nineteen, and you know, for you, I mean, you know, to have played ten years in the NFL. I mean, at what point 
did you say to yourself, like, all right, that's, I'm good. I'm going home. I'm retiring. But did it tap? Did it happen like very suddenly? Or is it something like you're like, ah, you're going back and forth on it? Or was it just one of those things where it's like, I'm very happy with my career. I'm very fortunate and I'm very blessed and I'm going home. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, a tough decision. Everyone kind of goes about it different ways. Um, you know, I, some guys kind of their career ends when like either their body doesn't hold up anymore or, you know, no one's willing to sign them anymore, whatever. But, um, I always kind of thought, you know, I, I don't want to like limp out of football just cause like I'm too old or my body gave out on me. Um, I, I always kind of thought of it like, you know what, um, like I, I love football and I love playing it, but I, I know it's temporary, right? I, I don't want to just keep playing it as long as I possibly can until I'm too old or my body breaks down. Um, I felt like after 10 years, I was like, you know, starting to feel the body kind of going downhill a little bit. And to be honest, like at that point, I was kind of like, I, I felt like I've accomplished everything I set out to do. Um, and it's kind of like, you know, what, what else is there to, to accomplish, right? I was blessed to win two Super Bowls, start over a hundred games and got to play with all these great teammates, great players, great coaches. And I kind of, to be honest, I was tired at that point too. Right. Um, I mean, it's a grind. It's a great job. Was absolutely blessed to do it, but man, you got to go a hundred miles an hour every day mm -hmm. year round, really, um, training practice etc. And it, it wears on you after a while, right? So um, after doing that for 10 years, uh, I felt like that was that was enough. You know, my mind was was kind of fried, ready to be done. Uh, my heart was, you know, kind of ready to move on. And, you know, my wife was all right with it and prayed about it and really felt felt like 10 was was enough. And um, to be honest, though, like, I also I played with some guys who like, hang on those those last couple years when their body's kind of going downhill. They don't quite have it anymore. To be honest, they don't quite put the same effort into it. Um, but someone's still willing to give them a check, so they'll still take the check, right? And to be honest, like, I, I never really liked that. I kind of felt like if you're not going to, like, have enough to give it, you're all still, like, let somebody else do it, you know? Um, and I, I get the, the temptation to do that because of the money, but I always felt like, man, I if I'm out there, I want to be giving it absolutely everything I got every day. Uh, and if I don't feel like I, I have that in the tank anymore to give all I got every day, then then I'm going to call it a career. So those those are some of the things that I think led to it. You know, you've obviously had a chance to play with some great players along the way. You know, in, you know, in, in Oakland, Jacksonville, Philly, Kansas City, at Penn State. You know, and and you know, one of the things that I that I always think about, and it has to be difficult for linemen, is kind of understanding personnel and paying paying attention. To personnel, who's in the game, what packages in their game, what groups are in the game, things like that. With so, I want I want to ask you this question because I think it's going to be important. You know, moving forward, they did a really good job of it last year at Penn State, but now the idea is to continue to be able to build off of what they did a year ago. Because again, expectations are high; they're high for the team. They're not just high for the quarterback; they're high. They're high for the whole team this year. You know, and you look at you know Nick Singleton, Katron Allen, both very special running backs both did great things in year one um arguably now tom right best one two punch in america i think you can say was for offensive linemen how different is it 
you know, in terms of blocking schemes or what you have to do, or, or do you adjust at all to knowing that who's in the game and, and kind of what their specialty is knowing this guy, this guy can take it the distance at any, any point in time, or this guy's maybe more of a finesse guy who's going to allow us to set up our blocks better. Is there any thought of that knowing who's in the game? I think for the most part, um, the difference there is more of like from a coach's standpoint of like, we know this guy runs this play well, so we're going to kind of give him more of those plays uh, versus another guy runs certain schemes. Well, I, I think from an offensive line perspective, we don't put a lot of thought into which backs in the game. Um, mostly because to be honest, like you're in the huddle, you're kind of tired between plays. You don't have time to be thinking like which guys are in the huddle right now. Um, and maybe that sounds lazy, but like it, it's just like it's like every other player, two plays, there's a different guy. And I and to be honest, like for the most part, even though certain guys have different strengths, I, I don't know that you block too much differently. Um, I think you you have a certain scheme and you adjust that scheme to the defense. And that's that's kind of what our thought is always. What's the defense doing? And we adjust everything based on that. I don't think you can think about adjusting based on what the defense is doing and also adjust based on, you know, who's behind you. I think that's kind of too much to process at one time. Um, and I just think kind of an O-lineman's thought process is better served, you know, focusing on what the defense is doing and what to expect from that um, versus thinking about who's behind you. And like I said, it, it might change a little bit, but to be honest, that, that change will be reflected in what plays get called for those guys. And, and that's a coaching decision. That's a cool, I guess it's a quarterback job then Tom, because like you walk in the huddle, the first thing you think of is how many guys do I have in the huddle here? Right. One, two, three, four, five linemen. One, two, three, four, five. All right. I'm good. Five, five is 10 uh, plus me. I'm 11. Okay, here we go. Now I'm going to, but that's, that, that's the process, right? That's, I mean, that's, it sounds silly, but you know, yeah. that's, that, that's part of the process here. I always counted too, just in case you were busy. You know, <laughs> I, I counted as well. If, if a guy with my lack of athletic ability entered the huddle at running back, you might be like, what? That's, that's probably the thing to do. But if like Nick oh, Singleton, oh, wait. Like, no, 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 not, not that McGloin's a running back. No, no, we're not doing it. Maybe the, the, the plunge, yeah. the, the plunge is a good idea. The, the quarterback sneak do that. Um, but yeah, if it's Nick Singleton and Catron Allen, that's gotta be a relative field day for these guys. Uh, Wiz, is there any in particular offensive lineman on this Penn State team going into 2023? I know Olu uh, Fashion, who gets a lot of love and has been projected as a possible mm -hmm. first-round pick in the NFL, but uh, anybody that stands out to you that you're like, you've got to look out for this guy at offensive line for Penn State? Yeah, I mean, I think they got a lot of talent across the board, um, to be honest. But, yeah, Olu definitely stands out as, you know, um, being the most consistent uh, probably, but also, you know, just being a physical specimen, um, having the strength, having the athleticism, uh, kind of the prototype, you know, left tackle build that you're looking for. Um, but man, it, it just impressed me, his consistency in, in pass protection, man. It's, uh, it's tough in the big 10. There's a lot of good defensive ends you're going to play against. And, um, I, I thought he, he did a great job no matter who he was playing against, um, of being consistent. And I don't even know if he gave up any sacks. If he did, it was, it was very few, but number of pressures also, also really low. And um, man, that's, that's hard to do. Like I said, big 10 against the great pass rushers. So um, was definitely, he definitely stood out, but like I said, a lot of talent across the board and uh, overall impressed with, with the unit. 
Wiz, we appreciate you coming on the show. Sincerely, uh, best of luck to everything you have going on uh, as a dad. Uh, try and get some sleep when you can. Uh, best of luck with grad school, and I hope uh, your interactions with the team as the team chaplain and even just as a, a mentor, as a former player, uh, that those continue to go very well. So we appreciate you coming on, and uh, enjoy the blue-white game. Enjoy the 2023 season. So we appreciate your time, man. Thanks, guys. Thank you all so much for joining us. This episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter, at QB 11 and at Tom Hannafin. Paydirt is presented by Bet Online and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Paydirt. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.